Hi, you guys. I'm here with uh, Shaylin Simone. She is a manifester, and she's also a ballerina chick who's had a near-death experience. I don't know. How, how are you going to describe yourself? And I'm just I think that's... That's pretty much it. Like, yeah, the, if you roll it all together, those are the important parts of my life. I manifest things and I do ballet. <laughs> it's great. Okay, so tell us about, um, okay, so you had a near-death experience when you were 14? 15 years old. 15. Okay, so yeah. walk us through this. This is kind of cool. Cool. Um, yeah, so I was in, uh, I was driving home on a snowy day. I just got my license at New Mexico. You get it around 15. Uh, 15 and a half and uh, it was one of my first times like driving in the snow and I was comfortable with it until I reached a hill and I started sliding backwards and I started spinning and a big truck came over the hill and just smashed right into me and I don't know if you guys remember what geo metros are those little itty bitty cars I had a oh, Japanese yeah, yeah. equivalent of one of those and it was called a Dehatsu and the truck was this big four by four honking work truck and it just smashed into me um, so I got thrown to the back was internally bleeding. Um, it was it was pretty bad, and we live about forty five minutes away from town. So it took the ambulances almost two hours to get me to a hospital. So after internally bleeding for a long time, um, I flatlined, and they brought me back. And during the time, I I crossed over. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did you? did you lose consciousness or how, like, or like, how, how did, when you crossed over, what happened? I like, did. So I think, and I've been told that the soul kind of gets scared out of the body. Like you don't really remember physically things because like the second thing, something like that happens, it kind of jolts us out. And I totally resonate with that because for me, I don't remember anything during the accident. Like after I saw the car coming, like that, the truck coming, that was it. And then about two months later is whenever I regained my actual like human thoughts. Um, and for me, it was like, it was an interesting experience. I remember there are just bits and pieces of it, but a lot of it was just that sensation of not having a body and having like telepathic communications, but it was more, there's no language. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like emotions and feelings and like, you just know things. And I, there was people there. There was another person there. There's actually a lot of people there, people. And they were helping me decide what I needed to do. My, my soul self, what my next path was going to be. And there was the discussion of you have work to do over here on this side, if you want to do it, or you can go back. And I distinctly remember saying, I want to, I want to stay here. I think I've lived my life really well. I went through my life. I remember going through all of it, like like the parents I chose and the life I lived and how I lived. And it was it was good, like in my mind, I, or in the thought feeling I was at was like, yeah, I, I think I did everything I wanted to do this this life. I think I'm gonna stay here. And next thing I know, three months later, I'm I'm back in my body going, what the heck? I thought I was gonna stay. So very interesting for me. That was my experience. So did your parents, did they, were you in a coma? Like did, or were you at all conscious at all that, and you just don't remember? It was not in a coma. Um, they, they did. Okay. I guess I was, they did a morphine induced. Um, they, they kept me still and not, not able to do anything. I was on machines. 
Um, I had brain activity though, and I was still technically alive after they brought me back. Um, but they kept me in that because for three and a half days, I was left open. They slipped me down the stomach and was trying to fix the iliac vein in my back that was cut. And they didn't have a vascular surgeon on hand. So for three days, I was left like literally butterflied open while they tried to find a vascular surgeon to fix it for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Intense. So. Yeah. And like, okay. So I, I had, um, I actually had a, I became like a spontaneous atheist because when I was in 27, I got like one of my, I only had like two wisdom teeth and I got, I got them removed when I was 27. And when they put the anesthesia in, it like went up and it was like count back from a hundred. And I was like 99, 98 and boom. And it was blackout. And then the next thing I wake up and it's like, Oh, you're all done. You can go or whatever. And that was the first time that I personally had ever experienced blackout consciousness. Like, like I, Mm -hmm. like for me, I guess, and since I've, I've talked to a lot of my friends about this and they are like, well, what about when you sleep? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I never lose consciousness when I sleep. I always have, even if like, I don't remember my dreams. I still have a passage of time. Like I believe in time kind of passage and stuff. And so mm-hmm. anyway, it took, it, it took me like, I was in my atheist phase for probably like maybe three years and it, yeah. And that was probably until 2012. And then like, I started having like uh, some other stuff started happening to me that brought me back out. But then when I had, my kind of near-death experience it was and I wasn't I wouldn't call it near-death experience I would call it it was like a near-death experience so but it was I I accidentally because I didn't understand because it was the first time I'd ever taken a psychedelic or mushroom I took 12 grams of mushrooms in one go which is a really lot like a, a, a healthy dose that'll make you hallucinate is three grams and I just ate my whole bag because I didn't realize it was for the whole weekend and um Anyway, so I, I had a, um, I had a, I like left out of body experience. I left my body and then like, I completely had a hundred percent belief back into that. Okay. Like we are more than these bodies and we go on and there's something else way different than what's actually. Yeah. And so in a way it completely eliminated my fear of death. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I mean, can, I can that. totally relate to that. Yeah, I did yeah. do that. And I feel like um, a big, I don't know if it's a problem, but it's a thing in our society is that uh, people have uh, like, like, I think a big product of what you're seeing right now with everything is there's just a real giant fear of death. I think, and if you really think there's, you do turn off like a, like a wisdom tooth anesthesia, like black light. Like I could, I can sympathize with that. But if you really think you kind of go on more to, you know, uh, other things, like you are more than your body, then it's not as big of a fear. So what do you, do you think that that's, there's any truth to that? I do. Cause just being able to experience it myself, like there was that moment of like, oh, I'm still existing. Like I, I was still existing without a body. Like was my experience that we absolutely do that and even after that um so I 
somebody explained it to me that you can you can turn the wheel, you flip the script a little bit. And it happens a lot with people in car accidents is like there's a connection between the other part of you. So we all have a soul. We all have another like connection to like the other side. And sometimes it can flip around where you have that more at present in your in this life is that other side kind of opening. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And after my car accident, my soul wasn't staying in my body. And I didn't know that was what was happening because when I would sleep or when I would meditate, um, I would just like, wee, I'd go. And I would like have to come back into this body and it would be like this whole process. I would have to like, a lot of times when I'd wake up, it would take me one to two hours to re-inhabit this body. And like, I'd be clumsy and I'd like knock things over and people like, boy, you just didn't get enough sleep. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to freaking learn how to use a body again. And it would happen. And it happened up until this year and I got in another car accident and it flipped back and I like embodied my body again, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. You got in another car accident. I did. Yeah. That t- and I did lose consciousness during that one. That one was really weird. I wasn't injured. I wasn't hurt. The weird, I had two bruises on my arm that looked like finger that grabbed me and two on my thigh. And that was it. And um, when I got hit, I lost consciousness like I woke up woke up to somebody snacking on my window asking me if I was okay and being so confused as to why they're outside of my window in the middle of the street like what are you doing I wasn't worried about me I was worried about the person outside and I had I had gone back up and came back down and like I like dove right back into my body and I had no memories before um my car accident, like after I came back from my car accident, all my childhood memories were all gone and I couldn't remember anything. Do you think you're walking? This year, that's what people have asked me. So, but this year they're coming back because I think the car accident made me come back to it. I think I, I came, my, my full self is back now because I think my other soul was just like kind of like testing the waters a little bit. Like my soul was kind of like, oh, this is me. And then like, I'd leave. And I'd be a soul for a while. And then I'd come back and be like, oh, human, whatever, be human, do the things. So I don't know how to explain it, but I do think that there's two different sides of us. And I had one of them that was supposed to be up there came in here and my other self went and then I switched it back. I don't have the language for it. That's just how I feel I, I am. Well, I mean, I I definitely resonate with the um, the, when I was, when I left my body and I was in the, like, okay, so I've, I've said this before, but like, um, I don't call it God cause it wasn't a personification. It wasn't like a person and I don't call it heaven cause it wasn't necessarily a place. Like, I think some of the terms that we have for this stuff is it, it's, it's limiting and, uh, it is ineffable. It is not you can not actually subscribe, uh, describe it, but, it, and there were senses that were being occupied that I don't, with we don't have, like, meaning, like, there were colors that we can't see there, there was, the, like, but there right. was something else that was sensing that is more than our five senses sense, or, like, that's yeah. how I would describe it, even though I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but um, when I was there, um, I also didn't want to come back. I was like, ah, oh, no, that's, that's all fake. And I had this weird, <laughs> and I felt like I was there thousands of years, 
thousands. Yeah. Like I actually can tell you way more about that than I can about anything that's happened in my 39 years that I've been alive right now, just because I've, I felt as though I lived like, like so, so long. I have a memory of being a rock on a planet. Like I have a memory of, I have other life memories that I have, I got what say like, well, I had some of them before I had that, but then I also got another things back and I don't know, they feel like memories. Maybe they're just made up stories in my head and I have a great imagination, but they feel like memories. And there was this weird golden, like hula hoop kind of looking. It was like an, a lightning hula hoop that was gold that had, uh, and all these little sparks seemed to share my soul signature. I, or it's almost like, okay, I, I got, I did get a weird gift when I came back and it's, and it's the dumbest superhuman power ever, but I have, um, the ability to, and I still have it even like now, um, I can hear my own electricity that my sound of my body makes and I can hear um, other people's uh, body. I can hear like what their, what their, what their electricity sounds like, what their vibration sounds like. And people are like, Oh, am I good? Am I bad? I'm like, it's not like that. It's like everybody has a voice. Everybody has a voice that's unique and everybody's signature to their, it's you, you're, you're not, you're neither good nor bad. I can like, the only thing I could tell you is like, Oh, there's no sound coming from this area or this area of you. Like all your sound is, or your sound is louder here and softer here, but you have a sound that is you and it's not yeah. good or bad. It's just your identity, like your voice. And, um, and yeah, like I can't, when I'm in a crowd, I can turn it off. I don't have to hear anything, you know, like when I'm in a plane or something, I don't hear it. But if I'm uh, with a person one-on-one -on -one in a room, it's, it sounds like kind of like the refrigerator humming, like it has like an electric mm. sound. Anyway, this hula hoop of beings, I don't even know if they were people or not. They were just like other like light bodies or whatever. Cause I also didn't have a body. Um, they were, I feel like they were me in past lives or future lives or some kind of arcing thing, or we were in the same soul family or we have the same frequency or there's something about like but it was a large group that I belonged to in this hula hoop of of a circle and I don't know if it was all aspects of myself or if we're all multi-dimensional other places at the same time or whatever anyway my hula hoop would not let me stay in the ether mm. I I was like fighting back and forth I fought with him for a long time because I was like nope that's all fake I don't want to do it I don't want to go yep. back. I'm good. I'm good here. I also like yep. that. You guys can have that. I'm done with that. I'm staying up here. And it, and they would just laugh at me and be like, well, and the, the funniest thing they got, they finally got me. I don't know after how long by saying like, well, is your mother fake? And I was like, well, of course my mother's not fake. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, okay, well, and yeah, but it was like, it's almost like they were trying to coax like a little kid to come out of a closet with the, Oh yeah. You know, it was just, it was very hard to get me to come back into my body. Yeah. So I really understand. I, I was angry for a very long time. Like I was like, that's, uh, that was my atheist faith. I was like, okay, I know what I experienced. I know what I said. I didn't want to come back here. Therefore there is no God. <laughs> like that was my whole, like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like whatever. I will just live this out until I go back to that place again. Like that was like my, like, it was a good, like, two to three years of that like just whatever I'll just simply exist so I totally get it because yeah it's it's interesting like to come back here and be like oh it's so heavy it's so it's so much that's it's so 
different. The heavy thing is the interesting thing because, like, w the one thing I could say with all certainty, and you guys could all think I'm full of crap. I don't care. This place is heavy. Like, mm -hmm. the actual physicality of it is like very. It's like even even when my memories of being a rock, um, <laughs> this is this is denser. This is heavier. This yeah. is um. There, this is just so solid. Um, and it's not like that always other, other places. So this is, that's the most unique thing I can think of about, um, earth or being incarnated yeah. as a human is that it's a very, very slow heaviness. I could feel yeah. that. And I feel like time, as strange as it sounds, I feel like it passes very slowly here. Like I know people think it goes so fast, but I feel like, like you felt like you were over there for thousands of years. I felt like I was on the other side for a long time or whenever I would sleep or sleep, but then I'd come back. It, I felt like I had been gone for centuries and I'd come back and be like, you know, trying to reuse my hand and being like, okay, we got to do this. Like we can do this again, but it didn't feel like I just slept eight hours. It feels like I was gone for a long time, you know? Yeah. That's really, really cool. So do you like, I kind of, I got a sense of what I think existence is about. What do you, did you get anything like that? Like, what did you, cause I'll tell you what I think is going on, but what do you think is going on? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a big playground. I think here is like, it really is like, I think as souls on the other side, before we come back in, we're like super excited because we want to feel all the things physically that we can't feel on the other side. You don't feel you feel like this constant, like it's, it's good. It's a good feeling. There's like, but it's like being in tempered water or in like that perfect day where we all sit and be like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, but you feel like that all the time on the other side, there's waves of like interactions and there's waves of thoughts and there's waves of other things, but there's not anger. There's not fear. There's not sadness in that pure soul part that I was in. There is none of that. So as souls that want to come back into this life, I feel like, Oh yeah. I want to feel like what it's like to be sick and I want to feel what it's like to be sad. And then I can feel good again. And I'll remember how to feel good. And we don't, we, we forget a lot of that, right. <laughs> but like, we're supposed to come in and like experience all that because it's going to bring us to a different, to the vibration we need to be. But I think we're just excited to come into it a lot of the time. Yeah. I, um, well, my, my impression of being back with, like, I felt like I was back with like this electricity energy fractal source thing. Right. And that's what I called the source. And I, and I was it and it was me and it was everything. And it was, it was bigger than me, but it was also, also all me as well. It was very interesting because I, I understood the oneness of everything in that mm -hmm. moment. Like, and it, and I hadn't ever really looked into that kind of stuff. So I, this wasn't, this was just like, I actually experienced it. It's not something I read. And, um, it, it, I, I felt the impression that I felt infinity for real. Like I knew that, um, time was an illusion that there it's always been, it always will be. And it's all right now too. It's, it's, it's so hard to explain. And I know people think that that's just mumbo jumbo, but the thing is, is like, I feel like, um, even existence itself it doesn't even know why it exists. It just always has as existed and it fragmented itself into infinite amounts of possibility to learn more about its own self. And it's kind of a way mm -hmm. like, that's like an impression I got. I don't know if it's true. And then the thing is, is like when I, um, 
I, I also have had a realization of that, like, through these kind of mystical experiences or whatever, is that um, this is a gift. It is such a gift to be in a human body and able to just sit here and focus on these words. Like, when you are in, like, the spirit form or the soul form or the whatever, it's, it's like you said, like, there's a thousand years can go by and like four hours or something. So, um, the, 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 your point of focus, the fact that you can like look at a pin and just, just look at a pin is, a, is, is an actual really, really beautiful gift. And I think we don't really appreciate that being incarnated as humans right now. Or, I mean, mm -hmm. like some of us do, but on a day-to-day -day basis, like it's, this won't last forever. So while you're here, have, have some tactile actual fun and enjoy just the small stuff because it's yeah it's it's kind of cool yeah no I'm 100% with you a lot of my friends joke with me because they're like you you're so materialistic for being so spiritual and I'm like yeah because this doesn't exist on the other side like I want the pretty things I want to wear the pretty jewelry because it excites my soul it's like oh I like pretty I don't know if you can tell my chandeliers and like I I like pretty things in my life you know but that's what they're there for. That's what I came into this world to experience is all that stuff. But I think people have such the misconception that if you're spiritual, you have to let go of all the material things. And that's fine if that's your path. That's fine if that's how you came in to experience this life for you, that you want to experience minimalist and things like that. But for some people, they come into this life to experience literally, like you're saying, the material, the tactile, the thing, the actual manifestation of things like phones and computers and things like that, I think are amazing because somebody came up with these things, manifested these things, made these things into reality, into our lives right now. And that happened in this dimension, in this world that we're living in. Yeah. We don't, I don't know, maybe there are iPads and other planets and other places, but I know when I was a soul on the other side, I didn't see an iPad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's, and it's pretty um, phenomenal how we have, um, we've, we have compounding um, influence, our, our compounding intelligence that like build upon the shoulders of giants to get us all the, the, the stuff, you know, it's like, so yeah, we're, all, yeah, we're built. It's, it is, it's a little Lego building worlds that we're this, we're in the, this, this video, this layer of the video game is, you know, pretty cool, but, but uh, not that other ones aren't or whatever, but um, okay. So let's segue off of that in terms of, so you're a manifester, like explain how you got into this and what that means to you and stuff. So there's always been, I was brought up a little bit different than most people. My mom always taught us the power of our minds and how you think um, law of attraction, but I don't think she knew it was law of attraction when she was bringing it up. Like there's no clear, like, this is why I'm teaching you this. This, it was just like, she was big into like, watch your thoughts because they create what you, what you have in your life. And nowadays we know about as law of attraction, right? So I got to the point, it was actually right before COVID um, that I was working so much all the time, trying to get all the things done because I just want to put in my, like my willpower and make it happen. And I learned I can, you can put in your willpower. I can put in my things and make it happen. But then I started kind of waking up a little bit and being like, you know what? There has to be an easier way. These are the things I want. I want a new way of getting them. And things started happening in my life that compounded over and over again onto like, it would start small. Like I wanted a new phone and I won one. I wanted um, a new car and I got in a car accident and then I got a new car. 
maybe that wasn't the best way to do it, but it happened. Like mm -hmm. it was just the way that it did, right? So like little things kept happening and I kept paying attention to them like, hey, these things are happening and I'm doing maybe like 10% like actual effort, more thinking, more getting my vibration to where it needs to be, getting my intentions clear, getting what I want and knowing that somehow it's going to happen and being faithful in that, right? Like having this like trust that the universe has got me kind of thing. And then COVID hit. And my biggest thing that I wanted was to not work. I just, I wanted to not work for a while. <laughs> <Ta -da! laughs> so I got two years of not working. And then thing on top of thing, you know, like I was not only not working, but I was making more money than I ever had in my whole entire life. And it was just like one thing after another that was happening. And I was like, Hey, I need to like zero in on exactly how I'm doing this and figure it out a little bit more. And it's tweaking it like little by little, but really controlling your thoughts. And that's what I learned that I can manifest things. I can be a manifester. I can figure this out on a different level and keep doing my work inside of me instead of trying to force the world to give me what I want. That's okay. That's, that's really, really, so you almost like didn't even now, did, were you aware of like, um, Okay, so you introduced me to Florence Shin, mm -hmm. who was like a 1920s chick or something who like, you know, it's like from 100 years ago who wrote something called, okay, I can't remember what was she write. The game, the game of Life and How to Play It. Okay, yeah, I just read that and then I listened to the audiobook. So were you aware of that before or did you just, yeah? I was, and um, but, but it was always kind of like for me, like this underlying thing. It, I never brought it like completely into my forefront and like, I'm going to do this. It was always like, make sure that you're controlling your thoughts and know what you're thinking and like, kind of like keep your energy up. Like I knew all that stuff, but I never relied on just purely that. Cause even when I worked, whenever I would work and I'd be like, Hey, I need to make X amount of money this, this month, something crazy would happen. I'd get stranded somewhere and then I'd get double time and triple time and like things like that would happen. So like, but I thought I was putting all the effort in to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like I thought, I'm, I'm making this happen. Like I am the force that is like willing it to do it. But then I realized if you let go, if you trust that it's going to happen and you still do your work and still do your vibration, it comes on so much an easier level. It's just kind of like, there it is. But I, I love Florence Shin. I think she was an amazing, uh, what she, she calls herself a, a a metaphysical physician what does she she calls herself something yeah, some kind what of is, she does treatments she like helps people manifest things by her by her putting her focus behind it too but yeah um, like she had some really interesting like nice golden nuggets or basically if i paraphrase some of her stuff it was like basically fear is faith in the negative and mm. i was like oh wow like that's that's true it is because um, that, that's usually believing that something bad is going to happen. So then yeah. therefore you will fear is manifestation on a bad level. And like fear is the porn that is sold everywhere right now. Like that's just like, that's yeah. what, that's what, um, I feel like that's what the outside world is, uh, trying to panhandle the most. And then, you know, she explained that you have your sub for her, she called it subconsciousness which is just energy. It's just pure, unadulterated energy and it can go wherever it's directed, but it doesn't have a thinking mind so much of its own. It's just energy. And then there's consciousness, which is what you can control, which is like your thoughts and you here now. 
And then there's the super conscious, which she's like, is more like the divine plan. So she said, like, if you can try to get, like, it would be great if you can kind of get all three in line and then you can just, like, be like a wizard. But definitely, you, you know, I mean, and a lot of people say this, it's like where your thoughts go, your art, your energy flows. And you, you yeah. can, I decide to, and it's so funny now because, like, like, I was at work the other day and uh, the the girls I was working with were, um, and everybody knows I'm a flight attendant. Anyway, so like um, the, the girls were like, oh, we're going to get delayed here for, um, you know, for like three hours. You just watch. And I'm like, don't manifest that. Stop saying that you're going to make it true. And then, of course, it happened exactly like they said. So I got to be like, I got to figure out how to be like, erase that. No, no, we're not. We're leaving in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, still okay. have a hard time yeah, not falling back into old patterns. Like I have to, I have to, I have to, I always have to self-correct. Oh, wait, wait, self-correct, self-correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And it's everybody, we all, we all do it. Like, it's just, it's, it's a big thing in ballet. Like you think like you're perfect and then you like go on the rise and you're like, oh, oh, hold on. Let me just adjust everything. And there it is but it feels awkward in the moment that you're doing it, right? Like when you're trying to correct yourself or do it the different way, it feels uncomfortable because this is how I've always done it. So now we have to be uncomfortable and do it a different way. A good way for you to like erase what those people are saying though, is to have a stronger emotional attachment to what you want to believe instead. Because the reason that that happens so much is that people are like, they can feel the dread. They can feel it happening. They can, they can, they, they're already in it. You know what I'm saying? Like it hasn't even happened. And they're like, oh, we're going to be stuck here. I'm going to get some coffee and maybe a pizza. And like, they're already building all this in their head. Right. Right. But if you can be on a stronger vibration, a bigger vibration and be like, no, I see myself going home and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, you can probably overrule them at that point. The problem is more people get sucked into that lower vibration. Like the other flight attendant was probably like, yeah, we are. Then the pilot was probably like, yeah, it's going to happen. And then the two passengers next to you are going to be like, yes, it is going to happen. And then you're like, oh, I'm so outnumbered. <laughs> right, right. I can't pull this back now. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you, you do some writing about, um, you do some like poetry writing and that's kind of... I do. Lately, it's been, um, thanks to Florence Shin, a lot of affirmations. I started with her affirmations. Um, depending on what book you get, she also has one called The Spoken Word. And it's literally nothing but affirmations and um, ways to like, kind of draw things to you. And hers are very old timey, which I like I resonate with because they're very like precise. And she uses words like divine timing, divine plan, things like that. And that kind of encompasses a lot for me. Like it's not like, it's not saying the universe needs to, God needs to, it's like kind of encompassing all of it, like saying the same thing a different way kind of thing. So for me, it really helps. And lately I've been doing a lot of those kind of affirmation things. And my friends have been asking me like, hey, I really want to bring this to my life. Can you come up with an affirmation or something I can say that'll like convince my conscious mind is actually possible or however you want to look at your affirmations. Um, so I've been doing a lot of those and uh, it's really, it's really powerful. It's kind of cool how the words come. Yeah. Do you, do you were out of nowhere and then like listen to it almost like as a way to like, um, self-hypnotize yourself or do you just kind of like, um, get like a mantra for the day and just kind of say it to yourself as much as possible? Like, how do you use it? So them? for me, um, so I'm a huge writer and for me, meditation has always been really boring <laughs> because I, 
I don't have the internal thought that a lot of people have. Um, I didn't know people had internal thoughts till about five years ago. I didn't know like there's always words or things going on inside your head. I literally have to make them happen for me. I have to, if I'm going to think about something, I have to like, and a lot of times I have to write because then I can um, force myself to think on a different level, but like read it and go through things a little bit differently. I feel more than I think. So for me, meditation, every time I tried or whatever, it would be so boring because it's just sitting there and I'd usually fall asleep. Because <laughs> like the point is to clear your mind, right? Right. Mind's clear. Like I, if wow, I just you're stop. lucky because I have like a huge analytical mind that's always like got yeah. like a million things going and it's at, and it is, it is a, I will have to, I can meditate 30 minutes to get one minute of just shh. It's very hard to calm my mind. See, and that's okay. So it's like the opposite, right? So I didn't know this was a thing. Like, again, I just know my own experience. So I didn't know people had that until I, I went into becoming a life coach and I got certified in it and I had to start coaching people. And I, it took me a while to be like, where, like, why, why are these thoughts in your head? Like, why are you telling yourself this is what I said. And they're like, because it just pops in my head. I'm like, but didn't you put it there? Like how did, and so it took me a long time to realize that this is, it's not a normal thing. So for me, if you've ever heard of the, God, if I get this wrong, it's the 33 by three or the 55 by five. And it's a way of manifesting with writing. So you write something 33 times for three days, or you write something 55 times for five days for the bigger manifestations is how people word it. And you write it in like the whole, I have this I am grateful for this and you write it over and over and over and over again and you do that continuously until like your days are up so I started that just to try it out because I'm a huge writer I love writing I love my handwriting I love just being physical with it so now I just get an affirmation and for as long as it takes in the morning for me to meditate I'll put in my binaural beats and uh, then I'll just write for 20 minutes an hour or whatever and I'll write in my affirmation over and over again and I felt like, I feel like that gets me energetically aligned, but it also lets my mind wander. It actually gets my mind going a little bit because I'm physically doing something and it'll let me, my mind kind of like bob around and think about things on its own while I'm physically doing something, which is cool for me because I'm like, oh, look, there's something there. Like, cool, write it down. Okay, back to this and keep going. So for me, that's what I do whenever I manifest. I literally just, and I swear somebody's going to find one of my like manifestation journals and be like, this girl was crazy. She wrote the same thing over and over for like 365 days. But they're all my, just whatever my affirmations are. And that's, that's how I meditate in the morning. Okay. That's really, really cool. I need to try that. So, so for three, so for minor ones, you do three days, 33 times each day. And yeah. then for major, yeah. major and life then, ones or something, you do five days, 55 times each day. 55 times, yeah. Yeah. But for me personally, like, I think that's a great way to do it. I think you can manifest a penny as much as you can manifest a car. Like, <laughs> yeah. it does. But it helps people, I think, get in alignment faster to be able to do that because they're like, okay, I'm putting more effort into it. So I think whenever they feel like they're putting more effort into it, the possibility of it happening is more likely. Right. But I think if you can get in that vibration fast enough, you can get it within a day if you want to, you know, but it is convincing yourself that it's going to happen. I think that's a big part of manifestation. 
so wh I I wonder what you, what what do you think is um I almost kind of feel like negative manifestation is is taught by society. Like do you think that's by design or why do you think that this is something that is it's still so obscure when you have people like Florence Shin who've been around for a hundred years. Like it's not even yeah. like she's like way before Abraham Hicks or, you know, before like whatever, like, so well, I don't know. Like, why do you think that this is, it, it's such a, it's not an everyday, uh, it's not really like an everyday thing for a lot yeah. of people. So I think there's two parts to that. The one part is knowing that you're worthy of it, that your self-worth and your self-love are high enough to get it. And I think that is a big struggle that we have with the way we were brought up, the way that we are taught what love is. Um, and then even just knowing like how much you're worthy of. If you grew up thinking that you're not worth something, then you're gonna kind of keep showing that to yourself over and over again, because you're attracting that, right? Like you're in that mindset of, I'm not worthy to have a nice car. I'm not worthy to have that because I, why would I be, you know, like, I know, I don't see why that is. So then that, I think that has a lot to do with the negative manifestation in it is that we just don't have enough self-love and self-worth to start on that ground zero with, I can have this because I deserve it. So do you have any you know tools for people like, like that, um, are like low on the self-love thing like what do you do to i mean for my own self i remember i had to like reprogram i like the concept of if i wouldn't say it to my best friend i shouldn't say it to myself like if i, I love that you know like if i wouldn't say to my best friend like you look fat in that shirt like if i wouldn't use those words i don't need to say those words to myself you know we yeah. are always our hardest critic and yeah. so I have really, and it, and it took a long time, but I am very good at like, I don't say bad things to Nikki. Like Nikki inside Nikki's head doesn't say bad things to Nikki inside, to inside Nikki's head anymore. Because one, yeah, like, like let's say you look fat in that shirt. Well, uh, just the fact you saying it isn't going to change that. It's just going to make you feel bad. Uh, so yeah. like instead of, I'd be, I, I would maybe say things like, nah, not this shirt, let's do another shirt. Or I mean, eh, no, I'm not feeling this shirt today. Like, like I would, I would, I always reframe, like it. And and if and if a thought comes, I apologize to myself. And I'm like, ooh, that was, wow, that was not nice to Nikki. Nikki doesn't like that. I know that's crazy, but like in in my no. own, I have to talk to. I've had to be, come like treat Nikki how I treat other people, which I'm pretty nice in real life. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. So exactly what you said, it's beautiful because I, I do the exact same thing when my friends start talking bad about themselves. I'm like, Hey, stop talking to me about my friend like that. Cause they like, they don't, they don't catch that they're doing it a lot of the times, you know, like, Hey, so exactly what you said is a great thing. A good thing to do. Um, or the technique that I know of is like you said, just shift your way of thinking of it. Sometimes it's little by little because you can't go from thinking, um, for example, like I'm fat to I'm, I'm fit. You can't just like jump there. Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen because it's too much of a big gap, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do little things like I'm not where I want to be right now. Like, like you said, apologize to yourself, which I love. I think that's such a great like way to treat yourself is to really apologize. Be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like didn't mean to do that. We're going to back it up. 
what I meant to say was, you know, and it's just redirecting because whenever we get into one thought and we keep spiraling, it's like a dog with a bone. You can't get it away, you know, but if you can like distract it with a cute little puppy treat over here and then take the bone away, you can redirect it a different way. So I think that's a really great idea. Just back it up, say, you know what, maybe I'm just not as healthy as I want to be right now. I can do something about that and then move it forward, you know? Right. But self-love. So I, I am, I'm a little bit hard to do with that one because I just don't have the internal dialogue. So I just, I don't know. I'm always like, there, this is who I am. Okay. You said there was two things to the society thing though. And I interrupted you before you finished the second one. What was the no, second? That, that is it. So it's the self-worth and then knowing that it's going to happen. Like there, there, there's the two things. So like, we get so caught up into like how we were raised, how we were treated, how we, um, how we look at ourselves in that, because a lot of it is childhood stuff, right? A lot of it is thing. And I'm kind of unique because I don't have a lot of those memories I'm getting them back, but I don't have them from like actually physically experiencing it and being like, oh, this is it. So I came into the world, if you will, at 16, just as I was. And like, didn't have like, whatever happened in my childhood. So I can only imagine what it's like for, for most people that I know, my friends, family, people I talk to, there's different ways of being raised. There's different ways of like being show, shown love that sometimes isn't how we need to be doing ourselves. You know, like mm -hmm. if you were taught, like, for example, that if you get A's, straight A's and you become a doctor and you are successful in life, you deserve my love. Well, that's not showing you self-love. That's showing you conditional how you're gonna physically do things to be loved. Conditional love, yeah. So, like that person might have a harder time figuring out what self-love is because they're like, "Well, I don't, I don't even know what it's like to be loved for just existing," you know. But we all have that whenever we're babies. Everybody, you know, whenever you're a baby, you're not doing anything, and you're being loved enough to be take care of. You know, like the, there's something there. There's that axiom that says something about how like we spend our entire adulthood trying to get over our childhood. There's that concept of reparenting yourself. Like, so, you know, um, like, let's say you had, uh, it's actually funny. I was telling my nine-year-old niece the other day, cause she's having a problem with, um, a kid at school who's, it's kind of like bothering her or whatever. And, you know, um, like saying some mean things to her. And so. I, I mean, like I can tell her they're untrue and this and that, but I'm like, but you're going to have to tell yourself they're untrue as well. You have to realize within yourself that what she is saying is not true. Like I can sit here and tell you that it's not all day till I'm blue in the face, but you have to realize yourself that like, she's also a human who's, who's capable of pain, who's feeling hurt. And she's, I don't know what, what her deal is. We don't need to know what her deal is. Let's just wish her love and hope that she keeps that somewhere else wish her some love and then you go back and tell your own self that that wasn't true and that you do love yourself and what she said isn't true to you. You know, it's almost like you have to kind of learn how to, um, re like if there is a traumatic event that happened to you at, a, at any time, um, and it wasn't handled in a way that you probably needed at the time, you can go back to that memory 
within your own self and give yourself the love that you would have needed at that time. You can reparent yourself from any time in any time thing. And that's like, I feel like that's an element of how we actually heal and start like becoming, um, okay again and stronger to go forward with, with, with other things. Cause a, a lot of times, um, when you just talk about it at an event or you ignore an event or it, it either, it gets, it, you know, it, it gets, um, it, it festers. It's like a festering wound. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like by acknowledging and, um, you can't change what happened, but you can change what you think would have, should, would have helped you at the time. You can change like how you could have reparented your own self, like after the words and that can kind of give a little band-aid. That's, yeah. that's just my thing. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Like be the parent that you needed at the time or the adult doesn't even have to be a parent, just the adult that you needed at the time for your right. younger self. I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And even if it's not an adult, even if it's not in childhood, even if it's in adulthood, it's still, it's, it's like, yeah. um, and I think a lot of times we, you know, it's one of those things where your hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like you have like, oh, I had this most amazing comeback three days later, but like yeah. at the time, <laughs> you're just like, uh, like, you know, I yeah. completely am, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a very good uh, arguer when I'm like put on the spot, you know, because I, I just like, uh, like blank, I blank out and I'm just like, uh, I don't know any facts anymore. They've, they're gone. And so yeah. I just, you know, so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, I should have said this, like ne that never happens. So in that same kind of concept, if there's, if there's an event that happened to you that you didn't like, even if it's just something as simple as I didn't get that job or I didn't do this or like it, I didn't achieve a thing I wanted to achieve. You can, you can still do it like that. Even if it was a week ago kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so tell me about the ballet thing, because I think that's super cool. So you didn't start <laughs> ballet until you were how old? I was, uh, gosh, how old am I now? 32 uh, when I started. Yeah, so, and I'm 36 now, so four years ago. Okay, and, yeah. you, and you knew not nothing? Didn't know. Nothing. I knew I always wanted to do it. Um, I knew it was always kind of a goal of mine. Um, but I never did it. And um, honestly, it was probably a good thing I didn't do it at a younger age, um, especially even after my car accident, because there was so much getting to know my body again, that I would, especially when I would work out or when I would do different ways of, you know, getting fit, I would kind of tune my body out. And I would just like go into it and be like, whatever, let's just like get this run over with, get this workout over with. And I think if I would have done ballet back then, I probably would have seriously injured myself because I would have been too much into like, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. And the teacher I found out here is uh, she's phenomenal. I mean, she works with how the body, uh, she's a kinesi kinesiologist as well. So like, she's all about like how the body functions and like what's, what's working. She's studied the body her whole life. She's been a ballerina her whole life and having her teach me has been like learning my body all over again in like the best way possible because she's not only able to teach me how to do a proper plie or a proper releve or whatever she's also telling me this is why it's hard for you because this is probably pulling over here this is what you need to work on this is where you need to strengthen this is where you need to focus you know and then there's also the parts of it where 
whenever you're running or getting through a workout real quick, you're kind of like powering through, but you're not really conscious of what your body's doing. You're just like letting it do its thing. With ballet, you're so in your body. You're so aware of where your head is at, where your neck is at, where your arms are at. Because if you're not, you fall over. So it's this huge thing for me that it's like, you, you have to stack it all on top of each other. And like, I can be completely in my body with it. And it's, it's been a, it's been awesome for me. It's been really cool. And so you don't even do it to perform. You just do it just Mm -mm. for your own, like love of, of actually doing it. Yeah. And you do it like a lot, right? I do it a lot. Yeah. I, I go to class three times a week and then I'll do it by myself. Usually three, three times a day, or I'm sorry, three times a week as well. So like six times a week. And you're like going to actually be on points at some point here. I hope so. Yeah. We're doing strengthening of the ankles and the feet right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's really exciting. That's, that's the point I want to get to um, because it is a dance at that point, whenever you're on the the shoes and and the thing, it is more of like, you're able to travel across the floor. You're able to do things like that, which I really want to do expression as well. So that's, that's what I want to work towards. I want to get my body to the point where I trust it enough that I can let it express itself, which is going to be a lot of fun for me. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right, Miss Shaylin. Okay. So tell us about like where people can find you and then like what kind of stuff you're doing. And like you mentioned that you guys um, are that you potentially do retreats like in New Mexico. Yeah. Um, so that's, um that's in the works right now I don't have all the information um but I will give it to you and whenever hopefully we can do an update to the podcast and tell you more later about it um but there's a healer that I work with out here and she's helped me a lot through my car accident and through my spiritual healing and um has given so much word and knowledge to what I'm going through that when I can as I can feel it she's giving me the actual like this is what this is what's happening and she's been such a phenomenal help and we've become such good friends that um, I would love to share that with everybody who's been going through anything spiritual. That's like, I know something's happening. I just don't know how to express it because she's amazing at that. That's really cool. Cause like I, I eventually am going to be offering, um, I, I want to take, like I'm, my thing's called Nikki Anna Jones and I'm like a big ruins chick and like I'm all into ancient history and stuff like that's one of my primary things and I'm also from New Mexico and I want to take people to Chaco Canyon and uh like really like do some like you know like a abacue or bandolier like do you know some of the other like like the ruins for them um so maybe we can combine forces and do a little uh healing retreat with Indian ruins like for awesomeness I love it awesome I love it (laughs) all right you guys well Shaylin this has been so awesome I um I will we'll have to have you on again soon like I know you're planning on maybe writing a book soon and so we'll have to have you back on with that and uh yeah if you know if anybody wants to contact you they can go through me and then I'll I'll like I'll I'll screen for you and see what's going on thank you I would love that thank you so much okay bye Ha, ha, ha.